And this 100 Days of Prayer have, this initiative has just helped to galvanize tens of thousands of people all around the world. And they're praying together earnestly for the, the, the outpouring of the latter rain and for revival and reformation. And now we see very clearly that this fits in so beautifully with what the Lord is preparing us for when things subside in this COVID-19 and how the Lord will use all believers who are committed to Him, use them in a powerful way to proclaim the last day message. I don't know about you, but I'm longing for the day when the church wakes up and begins to resemble the one I read about in the book of Acts. There's no way that one can read the description of a church that had all things in common despite cultural and economic differences and not be inspired. Well, what if I told you that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early church was just the warm-up act to the great revival in the church of the last days that takes place just before the second coming of Jesus? What if the commitment, the unity, the character, and the power of God demonstrated by a few thousand in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago could be magnified into a movement of millions today? Too far-fetched of an idea? Not so if we read what the Word of God teaches. How else can the everlasting gospel be spread to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people than through a church that lives and breathes among them? What if now is the time for the church to arise from obscurity into the spotlight of the grand stage? Of course, the only way to find out is if we pray. Praying in a way we have never prayed before for an outpouring of the Spirit we have never seen before. The question has never been, is God willing or is God able? It has always been, are we ready and do we really want it? To talk about this more, I had the privilege in this episode to interview the president of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, Dr. Ted Wilson, on his thoughts on the current COVID-19 crisis and if he believes this could be leading the church into the great revival we've all been longing for. I hope you are blessed and encouraged by this interview as much as I was. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right. Well, Elder Wilson, it is so great to have you on the podcast today. Uh, It's a great privilege, uh, Travis. Thank you for uh, this opportunity to share something about God's great message to us and how we should be involved with it. Amen. And, uh, you know, obviously, as we talk, um, the safety of our worldwide membership is a top priority. And so, you know, we've had some meetings that we were looking forward to as a church um, canceled. Um, People are unable to physically meet together in churches like we are used to. And so, from your point of view, um, how is the church emotionally handling this this change that uh, we're going through right now? 
Well, it is quite a change. In fact, it's an unprecedented situation in my lifetime. Um, I've been through, you know, different strange things, living different parts of the world, and uh, you go through uh, events that are, you know, perhaps a little bit uh, shaky and difficult. Uh, uh, Even when I was growing up as a little boy, uh, grew up in Cairo, Egypt, and uh, we were shipped out of Egypt in uh, Suez Canal crisis, and, uh, you know, all these kinds of things. But I've never seen anything quite like this uh, because the whole world just about has come to a halt in terms of its economy, of its interaction, of transportation, and through the amazing aspects currently available to us with uh, social media and immediate electronic connections. The whole world knows what's going on, and uh, it's just an amazing situation. And, of course, there have been pandemics that have been much worse than this in terms of uh, total deaths. I mean, the 1918-1919 pandemic killed probably 40-plus million people around the world. But this is unprecedented in that everything seems to have come to a halt, uh, except the creativity of people. And the church really has just sprung to life in so many places. It is using uh, social media, telephones, uh, you know, email, internet, uh, to make contact, streaming streaming video for church services. Uh, in fact, tomorrow I'm going to our local church, and there'll be probably six or seven of us there. You can meet, I think, in groups of 10 or less or whatever. And I'll be doing, I'll be preaching from there to our church members locally. Uh, we've been sheltered in place here in our home, from which I'm calling right now uh, or talking to you. And uh, then after that church service in our local church, uh, <laughs> we were connecting with, by, by their request, with a very large uh, network, I think, of our church members down in Chiapas, Mexico. And we'll be preaching again. I'll be preaching and someone will translate into Spanish. So the Lord is using uh, all kinds of methods and our people are so creative. They're doing all kinds of things to try and touch the lives of people. In fact, there are evangelistic meetings that are taking place uh, even as we speak uh, during this period of time all over the Internet, forced there, so to speak, by this uh, situation. So the 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 church is upbeat it is excited and i think many of us realize even though this is not uh you know the final crisis uh, this is not one of the seven last plagues because there are certain things that have to happen before those things take place uh, we are absolutely though i believe right at the end of time and just before the lord's return so uh this these kinds of activities that are that people are involved in are really very positive in fact we've heard that many I, I and i believe many people but i've heard of people who are now interested in coming back to church because 
they realize something is happening and head and heading us towards the Lord's soon return. So, Pastor Travis, this is uh, this is just an indication that the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, is doing something amazing around the world. Amen. Yeah, and uh, that's really interesting that you um, mentioned Chiapas, Mexico, because uh, I was actually there myself with a, a group of missionaries several years ago um, doing a, a Maranatha mission trip. And uh, I'm really excited to see, like you were mentioning, the different evangelistic outreaches that are happening now. And I've been tuning in to Hope Awakens, which uh, John Bradshaw and It Is Written are uh, currently uh, doing online, like you mentioned. So there's a lot of activity happening around the world, and it's exciting time to use the creativity of the church. And so kind of, uh, you know, I kind of remember when you first became um, GC president about 10 years ago, uh, one of the first things that you initiated uh, was uh, this revival and reformation ministry, this emphasis on revival and reformation. And you just mentioned that you see people coming alive. People may be coming back to church now because of this. It's waking people up. So do you see some silver linings here in terms of possibly this resulting in bringing more unity to our church? Absolutely. Uh, I see what God is doing, and He's waking up people. He's waking us all up. Uh, People are are wanting to know what Scripture says, what what prophetic understanding do I need to be aware of in these last days? Um, the information that, that I've received is that Bibles uh, have even doubled in sales, uh, the sale of Bibles. I mean, people are just interested in wanting to know what's happening. In fact, when this whole COVID-19 situation subsides in the next few weeks sometime, uh, of course, we may have residual effects for quite a while, but I think uh, in a few weeks, things will start calming down. Many, many people, millions of people are going to be asking all kinds of questions. And uh, Seventh-day Adventists and, and others uh, who are believers in the Lord and is soon return, they're going to have an opportunity to just really share in a marvelous way, what the Bible says and how God intends for each of us to be part of this and, you know, part of sharing with others the amazing good news of salvation, the three angels' messages of Revelation 14, uh, 6 to 12, and then the fourth angel of Revelation 18, 1 to 4, these marvelous messages that help us to know right where we are, and how to prepare for the Lord's coming through His power. Uh, And revival and reformation is a key to all of this. Uh, The Lord calls for us, uh, as as He has indicated uh, in Scripture and in the uh, beautiful little book of Joel, uh, chapter 2, where he is calling upon all of us to rend not our garments, but to really open our hearts to the Lord's power in working in and through us to revive us, to reform us. Uh, and, and in 
Joel 2, 12 and 13, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. The Lord wants us to be revived in him, and then something else has to happen. There needs to be a a dramatic change in our lives, and that, of course, comes about as we are connected with him. In a a beautiful book uh, that was written by uh, Ellen White, whom I have great hope and uh, great uh, faith in, in what's called Selected Messages, book one, it says, a revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. To seek this should be our first work. A revival need be expected only in answer to prayer. And Pastor Travis, we've seen all uh, all around the world a tremendous response to revival and reformation. It is ongoing. It is it is not stopped. It's not just something that was initiated a few years ago. Actually, it's been in God's plan ever since the fall of human beings. And uh, the the need for revival and reformation, for connecting through to the Lord through Bible study, through prayer, earnest prayer, through sharing your faith, through imploring the power of the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to use you. So revival and reformation is a very uh, present thing all over the world, and it, it has changed the lives of people as they've submitted to the Lord. And out of that has grown a lot of other outreach activities, uh, mission to the cities, these huge metropolitan areas around the world that we need to touch the lives of people, the use of mass communication through publications, through uh, media, through Internet, uh, the, the call to work in practical ways, as Jesus did, through comprehensive health ministry, uh, helping people physically and mentally and socially and spiritually, and so many other things, including what we have urged people uh, more recently to be in total member involvement, everybody doing something for Jesus, being connected to him and allowing him to work through us. So the Lord is just doing marvelous things, and really, revival and reformation is an ongoing process that each of us must be involved in in connection with the Lord. Amen. And, uh, yeah, I can totally uh, relate to that because, you know, just what you were reading, you know, I've been, you know, been convicted in preaching myself in my local church. And, uh, you know, we were joining the World Church back in January um, during the 10 days of prayer that we've done for several years now, and uh, definitely saw a marked revival happening in my church during that time. And, um, and so there, there is no doubt in my mind, and it was, it was just overwhelming me before this crisis started that, you know, revival of our prayer meeting was, was going to be an essential goal of mine, uh, for 2020. And, uh, and, and I noticed right away after, you know, we, it was became evident that things were going to change and some plans were going to have to be canceled 
right away, leadership, um, your team stepped up and announced 100 days of prayer. And you connected that with revival and reformation. So um, that is that was an interesting number. Why um, why a hundred days of prayer and uh, and uh, how has that been going? Well, that's a really interesting question uh, that you pose, um, Pastor Travis. And uh, I uh, I suppose the reason the hundred days is it's just a nice round number, but it actually started on March twenty seventh. And it's to end on July 4 uh, of this year, 2020. Now, the reason for that, the original reason, was that it was to be a preparation of God's people all over the world to focus upon praying for the power of the Holy Spirit to prepare hearts for the what we call a general conference session, which is a, a world uh, event that takes place every five years uh, with our church and representatives from just about every corner of the world. Uh, they will come to that. And uh, church business takes place, the election of officers, uh, the uh, changes that might need to take place in, a, in the Constitution, in the fundamental beliefs, any adjustments, uh, uh, church manual, things like that. And it is a very important meeting to refocus everybody's attention on the mission of the church. Amen. The, the proclamation of those three angels' messages and the fourth angel, and to prepare people for Christ's soon coming. I mean, that's what, that's what our name says, Seventh-day Adventists. We believe in the Advent, the second Advent. And so, the whole purpose of these <clears throat> meetings is not only just to get together and have good fellowship, because that's an important thing, but it is to to bring into focus the mission of the church and asking the Lord to use each of us and prepare all of us for the final proclamation. Now, the, the one of the biggest needs that we have is to pray for the falling of the latter rain of the Holy Spirit, as, uh, again, that, that book of Joel 2 talks about, Acts 2. And uh, so that's a very important part also of the 100 days of prayer. Well, all of that was supposed to be focused on this meeting that was going to take place in Indianapolis, Indiana, in the convention center and in the large Lucas Oil Stadium there. But, you know, about... Five weeks ago, this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 thing became so prevalent, we began to see that this just wasn't going to happen. And was one of the last things I wanted to do was to initiate any kind of postponement of our large meeting that would be in Indianapolis. But uh, the Lord led us to realize that this just wasn't going to be able to be possible because we have uh, hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands actually, coming from all over the world. And the opportunity to get visas was going to be very difficult. Uh, the actual public health uh, situation itself became more and more unclear in a way as to how that would uh, 
affect large groups of people meeting. As you know, large meetings have been canceled. You just indicated, uh, or, or I think in our conversation prior to this, you've indicated something was canceled. I mean, many things have been canceled. And even the Olympics have been postponed. Mm-hmm. So looking back, we realized that that was a good decision that was made. We made it with with the entire executive committee on Zoom, which is an interesting operation now. We're getting very used to Zoom and conducting many, many meetings. Our life is getting consumed with Zoom. But uh, in any case, it's a good opportunity to witness, I guess, and all kinds of things using Internet. But all of this, the Lord knew. Mm-hmm. And he knew that COVID-19 was coming up. And he knew that we would postpone that meeting, and he knew that there were plans for the 100 days of prayer. And this 100 days of prayer have, this initiative has just helped to galvanize tens of thousands of people all around the world, and they're praying together earnestly for the, the, the outpouring of the latter rain and for revival and reformation. And so that's a little background, Pastor Travis, on why the 100 days, and I think the 100 days simply was was a good round number, and why the exact dates. And now we see very clearly that this fits in so beautifully with what the Lord is preparing us for when things subside in this COVID-19 and how the Lord will use all believers who are committed to him use them in a powerful way to proclaim the last day message. So 100 days of prayer is just going so well and being a great blessing around the world, and we praise the Lord for allowing it to happen right now. Wow, I I really appreciate you sharing that story because, you know, you would never have guessed that that was a pre-planned uh, with maybe a slightly different purpose, not I mean, in the sense that you definitely were were wanting revival and reformation coming out of that prayer time, but without the understanding that um, there was going to be <laughs> a pandemic, and now and now we've just been able to really use that um, to just focus our attention on prayer. And I know we've been subscribed, and we're doing that here in Daytona Beach, um, and we're we're praying together online, we're sharing the emails, and, you know, we're being drawn to just a greater conse- consecration, and, uh, you know, I'm excited as a pastor to see, you know, as we come out of this, what what things are going to look like, because there's, I have to admit, there's, there's a little fear and trepidation that also accompany this type of, of change, um, you know, because as a pastor, you're used to seeing your people on a week-to-week basis, and, and there's some level of engagement, and there's some level of ability to to recognize the spiritual level in your church setting uh, when you gather regularly. Um, but now, you know, we're all kind of, you know, gathered maybe, you know, digitally, but, but in a sense, we're still scattered, um, you know, a little bit isolated. So, um, what, what is, what is your message to church leaders, um, who are feeling a little uncertain, worried maybe about a drop in, in, in financial giving and worried about possibly, um, 
just uh, you know wondering how many are going to come back when 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 this is over. What what are you saying to church leaders, and what would you say to some who who may be listening to this? Well, first of all, uh, Pastor Travis or Pastor Walker, but I'm using your first. Oh, name. that's fine. <laughs> uh, let me let me commend you and thank you for your leadership at the Daytona Beach uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church, and for what God is doing through you and your church members to reach so many people in that part of Florida and beyond through the through these special podcasts and through your outreach activities, uh, through your faithfulness in having prayer meetings and uh, focusing on revival and reformation. I mean, this is where it really counts, not, you know, in some committee room somewhere and somebody tries to put something together, and which is good, but it is at the local church level and where the rubber meets the road and in meeting people's needs as Jesus did, as I said, physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. That's what God wants us to do. And, and you know, our church members have found all kinds of unique ways, I think, in doing that, even during the social distancing uh, setting. And, uh, and I, just, I just want to encourage you, uh, Pastor Travis, and your church members in doing what you are doing, because you're making a big difference. And sometimes, you know, people are going to feel in situations like this kind of isolated, and how is how is it all going to work once everybody starts seeing mm-hmm. each other again and all that? Well, you know, the, the, the Lord will lead us in that, too. But I just want to encourage people right now to tell them that God is their strength. He is their refuge. I mean, you know, that beautiful psalm, and there's so many reassuring psalms that can bring encouragement to people right now who are uncertain. Yes, we are going to face, and and I wouldn't say unprecedented because I'm not sure how bad it's going to get, maybe not quite as bad as the depression of the uh, 30s, but uh, in the, the late 20s, back in the last century, but we're going to face a terrible economic fallout from this COVID-19 situation. And already millions of people are unemployed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's a tragic situation. We, we heard a report from um, uh, or of one of our organizations, a unit of the uh, administration in South America, where they are planning to prepare 20,000 food baskets for people in, in, that, in their portion of South America who, you know, people who uh, have lost their jobs, have very little money, etc. People are planning to do things of real substance to help others. And then, of course, to point them uh, to spiritual food and to, to spiritual blessings. But when we look at the Psalms, we realize that there's so much strength we can get. I mean, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, 
though the mountains shake and it's swelling, you know, no matter what people are facing right now, economic challenges, uh, some kind of work-related problem, uh, health challenges, of course, huge health challenges with this coronavirus and other things, it doesn't matter what is happening, you can know that God is your refuge and strength. And at the very end of that uh, rather short psalm, verses 10 and 11, it tells us how we can maintain that connection with God. And if somebody right now listening on this podcast is is afraid or is concerned, overly concerned, is very anxious, stress-filled, listen to what God says. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So, you know, people just need to realize that the foundation of their faith is not in what they see around them or what they can do themselves, but it is in making God their refuge. Here's another beautiful uh, verse from Psalm 57, verse 1. And it says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. The psalmist repeats it. He's just pleading with God, give me your mercy, for my soul trusts in you. Now, throughout the Psalms, you can find beautiful references to trusting in God. I mean, even in the United States here, you know, we have on, on, the, on the money that we have, the phrase, in God we trust. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a good idea for people to pull out a coin, pull out a, a dollar bill, and actually look at some of that and realize, yes, we trust in God, not in money, not in systems. We trust in God. And the psalmist is saying, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. You can kind of imagine God with these enormous wings covering us like a mother hen, you know, or like like some kind of huge eagle or whatever, someone covering us with the wings of power from heaven. And, and, and you know, God is doing that. He, he's, he's giving us the protection that we need. And it says at the very end of that verse, until these calamities have passed by. So you can make it through this coronavirus. The Lord is by your side. You can make it through the economic challenges and the social instability. God is your refuge and your strength. He's the one that can bring encouragement to you. Uh, You look in Psalm 62 and uh, verses 5 through through 8, and it says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So anyone who's a bit fearful and they're wondering what's going to happen, I'll tell you, I'm just imagining that when things really open up there in Florida or wherever you are, I'm, I'm calling from the state of Maryland, when things really open up, I think we're going to see 
many, many people in church that we haven't seen for a long time. And people are just going to be hungry for knowing what's your personal experience with the Lord? What's your testimony? How can how can you tell me more about Jesus and what he means to each of us? And tell me about the prophecies of his coming. And I think it's going to be an exciting, exciting op- opportunity. And just one final text here, um, Pastor Travis, before we go on. Um, let's just look at like Second Corinthians chapter 4 and uh, verses 16, 17, and 18. 2 Corinthians 4. And verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart. So somebody's discouraged and frustrated or concerned. Don't lose heart. Don't lose your, your faithful connection with the Lord. Even though our outward man is perishing, yes, we're in this miserable COVID-19 situation, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, and that's revival and reformation. That's connection with the Lord. Amen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The Lord's working out in us our characters. He's, he's helping us to learn to lean on him, to put self down, and to put Christ up. And then that last verse, verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so we just have to fix our minds on what the Lord is going to be doing for us and is soon coming and realize that the eternal things are absolutely uh, trustworthy and they are absolutely eternal, just as it says. They're not going to pass away. So I just want to encourage all church members who are, you know, listening and and many others who are listening to your podcast, just stay firmly grounded on the foundation and the cornerstone of Jesus Christ through Bible study, through prayer, through an understanding of, of communication with others as you gain encouragement from them. And one of these days, very soon, the Lord's going to let us be back in a more normal situation, the new normal, whatever that's going to be. And uh, we're going to be able to testify in an even greater way of what God has done for us and what he's doing for us right now in in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary, interceding for us and preparing to come back to take us home. Anyway, I get excited about this. Amen. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and it kind of leads into my next question, basically what you're saying, because, um, you know, the theme of my podcast, uh, Aventology, here is be ready for Jesus. You know, that's what everything we, we talk about on this podcast is about. And so, yeah, I wanted to just ask you, how has this current crisis affected your personal belief in the soon coming of Jesus? Well, I, it's one of the themes that's just so um, overwhelming in my own life. I just, I, I kind of anchor almost everything that I do uh, to the second coming. Mm-hmm. And the second coming is so pivotal in my life, personally. Uh, Christ's death on his life and his death on the cross, his resurrection, has made his second coming possible. So the, his, his dying for us on the cross, his, his living for us, 
and his resurrection is just magnificent. But he promised to come and take us to where he would be. And so that's why the hope, the blessed hope of the second coming of Christ is so powerfully impacting in my life and I think and I think in, in everyone who is a believer in that beautiful concept. So it's not only a concept, it's going to be a reality. It's going to be a physical manifestation. The, the Bible says that every eye will see him and Jesus will come in the clouds of heaven. Uh, and, and the Bible tells us, of course, that those who are dead in Christ and are waiting for him, they will be awakened with the trumpet sound and the loud voice to come forth to, to be resurrected, and, and they will rise off the ground into the air. And then the Bible tells us that those of us who are, who are alive are going to be then ascending after them into the air. So the Lord at that time is not going to come to this earth and set up a kingdom at that time. We will be ascending to him, and he will take us to heaven. And what an opportunity we will have to review everything that has happened and to see that God is just. And uh, it's just going to be a marvelous, marvelous, eternal experience. And all of us will be made new. Our loved ones who have died, people right now with illnesses and difficulties, the Lord's going to make us eternally young. And, and what a, a marvelous opportunity it is. So the second coming drives just about everything I do. Amen. Yeah, um, and, and I, I, do, I do believe the best days of the church are yet to come. And I think, based on what I'm hearing you say, I, I believe you, 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 you see that as well. And, uh, you know, there's just this one quote that I wanted to share with you from, from Ellen White, just the same author that you had quoted earlier. And uh, she says here, I have been deeply impressed by scenes that have recently passed before me in the night season. There seemed to be a great movement, a work of revival going forward in many places. Our people were moving into line, responding to God's call. And uh, I, I wonder, I mean, obviously we, we we're not prophets and we don't know the future, but do you see um, do you see that happening? Are you are do you are you hopeful that that this is going to be um, happening sooner than uh, later? I'm not I'm not only hopeful. I know it's going to happen, and it is happening. There are right now people who are really earnest about connecting with the Lord, and they are just becoming so convicted. And then there are. Others who are not so interested, and maybe they're going in another direction, and uh, we need to pray for them and pray for each of, pray for ourselves, pray for each of us, that we will always be found humbly connecting with the Lord. But I see so many people now understanding uh, that this is an unusual time and that truly the prophecies which we have preached about for so long are now being fulfilled in a powerful way, and we are at the, in the very end of the tips of the toes of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about, recorded in Daniel chapter 2, and then explained by Daniel himself to Nebuchadnezzar. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm sure... 
Pastor Travis, you can explain all of that to people who are interested because that's a marvelous uh, prophetic understanding of history and taking us right down to the end of time where the feet and the toes are made of iron and clay and indicating that that uh, the, the kingdoms of Europe will not mix. And even even today, when people might have been saying a few years ago, oh, no, Europe is all united and all of that. And now, of course, Brexit has come in, and we see that the prof- prophetic understanding of Daniel chapter 2 is very accurate. And the the next thing that happens in that prophetic dream that talks about Babylon talks about Medo-Persia, about Greece, about Rome, and then about all these kingdoms of, of Europe. Uh, the next thing is this, this rock, uh, this stone, uh, not cut out with man's hands, that comes and smashes the statue, uh, representing the second coming of Jesus Christ, who is uh, the ruler over the entire universe. And that wonderful prophetic understanding of Daniel chapter 2 is now so real I think in the minds of many people in fact the entire by the entire book of Daniel uh, needs to be studied by Seventh-day Adventists and by uh, believers believing Christians everywhere and of course the book of Revelation those two books go together so beautifully And we need to be looking at those in an even stronger and and more positive way because they are books that tell us exactly where we are and how God wants to use us to tell others about this. And that that leads me into saying that I hope everyone is going to be involved in telling someone else about this. You can't just kind of keep it to yourself. You can't just uh, harbor it in your own heart and say, well, you know, let's just see what happens. And I'm really not asked to do anything. I'm not, maybe I'm not a professional speaker and I'm I'm not a pastor. I'll just kind of hold back. No, God wants everyone to be involved according to their abilities and their personality. But he wants to use everybody in total member involvement. And that's what I'm just hoping, and I will be praying earnestly, that everyone in churches all over the world, that they will be shaken with the power of God, the latter reign of the Holy Spirit, and people will be involved in telling others about this message and their testimony of what Jesus is doing for them as they daily uh, study and connect with the Lord in prayer and in Bible study and study of the spirit of prophecy and uh, an understanding of who we are, because the Lord has great things in store for his church. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adventology. Our goal in this podcast is for you to be ready for Jesus. And the best way to be ready for Jesus is to spend time getting to know him. Knowing Jesus is everything. And that is why we spent the time today talking about revival and reformation with Elder Ted Wilson. But don't just take our word for it. Study it out for yourself. And for a hands-on experience, I encourage you to check out our website, adventology.com, where you can get a transcript of today's episode, 
along with any of the previous episodes we've already published, including episode 22, where we go into greater detail about the image in Daniel 2 Elder Wilson brought up in the interview. All right, well, I enjoyed our time together today and look forward to seeing you back here on our next episode of Adventology. In the meantime, Maranatha. Maranatha.